Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The online studio. There's light for all who Sunday night Bible study and fellowship here on TalkShoe and hopefully on YouTube as well. Glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to take a respite from Corinthians and we will be in the chapters that I was talking about, the chapter that I was talking about on uh, Friday night, Daniel chapter 11. 
It'll be, we'll be in Daniel chapter 11. We'll be starting with verse 20 because from 20 to verse 1 is past history. And every scholar that's worth his weight in biblical knowledge realizes that from verse 20 to the end of the chapter is future tense. It has never been fulfilled. And everybody understands from verse 20 backward has been fulfilled. And two of the best scholars that, um, for, for what my opinions worth, and for what a lot of other people's opinions worth that love the Lord Jesus and um, with Bible believers, was Dr. Peter S. Ruckman and Ethelbert Bullinger. And Brother Pete, if you would, I'd like for you to read uh, the notes that Dr. Ruckman's got and that Ethelbert Bullinger's got on how everything is future from 20 forward and everything before is past, if you don't mind. I just had to unmute. Yeah, yes, okay, brother. Um, we'll start off. Uh, we'll start off from 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 early in the chapter, and you'll get the that this chapter deals historically with wars between Syria and Egypt during the intertestament intertestamental period, which is between the Old Testament and the New. And it contains 83 prophecies that were fulfilled during that time. For the best discussion on the subject, see Clarence Larkin's work on Daniel and dispensational truth. It also contains 70 property prophecies yet to be fulfilled during the tribulation. And they are in verses 24 to 38. And then Brother Ruckman goes on from um chapter 11 verse 30 where it talks about chittim originally referred to the phoenician colony in cyprus due to the travels of phoenician sailors all over the mediterranean chittim quickly became an expression for anybody dwelling along the coast thus in the tribulation the ships of chittim can refer to navies from greece italy france spain turkey or any of the other nations in that area. And uh, it goes on in 1138. The God of forces is mentioned, is a God whom his fathers knew not. And it's in, in brackets, it says, notice the colon after the, excuse me, after the God of forces, there's a colon. And that indicating a continuation of thought. It is a reference to Satan, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians 4 4. The word God is capitalized here to indicate that Satan is the supreme God over the forces mentioned here. In this case, the forces. Of... Ryan? Well, I don't just go say that. That that that's good enough right there, Brother Pete. I just wanted to get to, uh, to show you that uh, two of the greatest Bible scholars that, that as far as I'm concerned and many others are concerned yeah. ever walked. I've talked to you guys this stuff before, except I disagree with Dr. Ruckman on mm. this, this God of forces. I believe it's something different. I do not think it's a reference to Satan. 
because nowhere else in the word of God is Satan come anywhere close to a capitalization of the word G-O-D. That's the reason yeah. I disagree in there. So my disagreement has good foundation to disagree with that. No, there's no second witness in the word of God. I know that in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, it calls Satan, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it calls Satan the God of this world. But anybody can turn there and see that that's a little G. That's not a big G. That's a little G in Corinthians. So I do not. I disagree with Doc on that which is it's no big deal. Asking that the doctrinal implications of that is not going to send anybody to hell. Um, but this, we're talking about future history from verse 20 forward. All right. And things earlier about Mark Anthony and Cleopatra and, and could go on and on and on about the wars that took place um, against Egypt, taking over Egypt with Mark Anthony marrying Cleopatra. That's what all that stuff previously is about from verse 20 back to verse 1. It's past history. And like I said, any Bible scholar that's got any scriptural knowledge at all and worth his weight in anything knows that this is true. All right. But there's not a Bible scholar anywhere that doesn't allegorize. If they don't allegorize, I'm talking about biblical literalists. I'm not talking about the bunch of Ubangis that called that call themselves Bible scholars that are allegorists and people from the Episcopalian Church and the ah millennial and post millennial people. I don't. I consider them a bunch of, of biblical idiots. Period. And it can be proven over and over and over and over and over again that that's what they are. Especially when you get into the Gospels, as I've shown y'all over and over and over again, the supposed contradictions that are not contradictions at all. And the, the post-millennialist post and amillennialist cannot handle those verses at all, period. Just like they can't handle what we're going to deal tonight. And nobody else can handle them as far as that goes. I can't handle them because I don't. It's future tense. We're probably in the middle. I've told you all before. We're probably in the middle of verse 20 to 45, somewhere. I ask y'all Friday night to, re to read over it yourself and see what you got. If the Lord give you anything special on that and be, feel free to chime in. On, raise your hand or if Kevin's got you on me to what, feel free to chime in on anything you want to make comment about as me and Brother Dave are fixing to get started here in chapter 11. But I want you to know right up front that I do not claim to understand all this. We're going to go to the Hebrew on a lot of this stuff. And I'll show you how hard it is to get a grip on because of what some of this stuff means, what it could mean in light of today, in light of what we know in the present tense today, because the word of God is a living word and it's just as applicable to us today It was as it was applicable to Paul and Silas. Just as applicable. We just got to learn where to, we've just got to understand where to apply it and see what the Lord's trying to tell us. That's easy enough to understand. Brother Dave, if you would, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer and we'll get started, brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for this day. Father, as we 
study the book of Daniel tonight, chapter 11. I pray that the Holy Spirit come upon each and every one of us, and especially yes, Pastor Don with the teaching anointing. And I pray, Lord, that you speak to the hearts of everyone who is serious about learning this book, who is serious about learning the Word of God, who definitely wants to know the meaning of these things, Lord, so that we can warn others, give counsel to others, help others, and also to prepare ourselves to do exploits and maybe to be purged if such a thing should occur in our life. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for that anointing and strengthening of the body of Christ. I pray, God. Lord, that we could not just pray in precatory prayer, certainly that, but that we would also tear down these strongholds in our prayer, that we could change times and seasons as you will, or delay them, or, or, or hasten them on their way, whatever your will is. Lord, we desire to be co-workers together with you and all these things. So tonight, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray special blessing upon everyone who's here live and those who download. I pray a, a special blessing, Lord, that you would touch them, teach them, meet a need this week. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. The special prayer I pray is that God give you a supernatural love for this book. Amen. He give you a supernatural love for this book. Folks, you'll eat it, eat it, eat it up, eat it up, eat it up, just like it's bread with butter on it. say what are you talking about brother don i mean what i'm saying I, I know the experience i'm speaking from experience i'm not i didn't read that in no book i've experienced it myself you say is it that way all the time with you brother don absolutely not i'd be a liar if i said here and said i did it's not that it doesn't work that way i wish it did some people it works with more than others some people even never get to the point other than belief on Jesus Christ and salvation. Some get no further than that and wind up just dying on milk. Never taste the meat of the word of God. Never increase in knowledge and in, in, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was Christ. That's what he wanted for us. And as, as the apostle Paul said, that's what he prayed for all of his converts in the churches that he wrote his letters to that they grow in grace and knowledge as the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul also said in the book of Hebrews, he, he down, he jumped all over the, the Hebrews that he wrote the letter to because he said, oh, wow, you got, you're, you're still messing around here with milk and you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers teaching. You ought to be in the, on the meat of the word instead of still dabbling around with the fundamental doctrines of the book. You ought to be in the meat of the word. And you have need that somebody teach you again. That's what he says in the, the last few verses of chapter five. So that's what I, that's my prayer for you. That God will give you a supernatural love for this book. And then when you get, when you start loving the book and the Lord Jesus Christ in the right way, he'll start opening your eyes to things. Maybe not, he don't open it all to everybody. Nobody knows all this book. Nobody ever will know all this book because if they did, they could sit on the right hand of God and counsel him. And that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Nobody's ever gonna get everything that this book contains. 
Absolutely no way. The only time the closest you'll get will be when you get the completed mind of Christ and the glorified body. That's the closest you'll get. And we'll see how that happens when it happens, because it hadn't happened yet. So we're going to start in verse 20 here, Brother Dave. Pull up, uh, as you're reading, before you get started reading, pull up the, the, um, the Blue Letter Bible Concordance, Strong's Concordance, and get the Hebrew portion of uh, the chapter as well, okay? You know, where it tells you the Hebrew word, you know, how you can click over to uh, the concordance part, gives you the the whole con the whole text with the Hebrew numbers beside them. Okay. Because we're going to go to the Hebrew on some of these words and see if we can figure out what in the world is going on here. So if you don't mind, go ahead and get started in verse 20. Uh, verse 20, then shall stand up in his estate, a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days, he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall give, shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Okay, Verse 20, verse 20 here is talking about an intermediary leader that's going to come in and he's going to be a raiser of taxes and then he's just going to die. Probably there's speculation, might as well speculate, everybody else does. It ain't going to hurt to speculate. Sounds like he dies of a heart attack or maybe he gets kicked out of office for some reason. But he's what he's known by known for he's the raiser of taxes and then he says he's going to go go out he's going to be destroyed but neither in anger nor in battle so that could be self-destruction that could be a plane crash that could be a heart attack that could be anything like that that's what you could read into that and not be wrong at all we don't know and we don't know who this is because the very next individual that steps on the scene in verse 21 is the one called the man of sin, the son of perdition, the vile one, the one, the little horn of Daniel chapter 7, the son of perdition in First and Second Thessalonians. This is who this is. This is the personification of wickedness. This is the one in Revelation chapter 13. This is Apollo. This is Zeus. This is Orion. This is Nimrod. This is the spirit, the spirit of this individual. He is filled with the spirit of the Antichrist that comes up from the bottomless pit and fills him, whoever this is. But he's a vile person. This is where he comes on the scene. In verse 21, it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe it's going on right now. We don't know. But I want you to notice that everything that happens from 21 to 45, that's future tense, then comes the time of Jacob's trouble. All this we're fixing to read is a, it may be a very short period of history that we're going to read between 21 and 45. 
More than likely, it is a short period of time, in relatively speaking, because until you get to verse 12, that, that is the time of Jacob's trouble. Let me show you real quick, Brother Dave, go to uh, Daniel chapter 12 and read the first few verses, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But every, keep in mind, everything we're going to read from 21 to 45 is that period of history before what Brother Dave's fixing to read starts. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Okay, Daniel chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Verse 1. Okay. Yeah. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince who standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Okay, Jesus Christ in Matthew 24, Mark and Luke 21, talked about this period of time. The prophet Jeremiah called it the time of Jacob's trouble. Jesus Christ almost quotes Michael by saying it's a period of time that it's going to be worse than it ever has been in history since the beginning of time, nor ever will be again, is the way the Lord puts it. Now, this that, that that's going to take place immediately following these events that we're going to read from 21 to 45. Continue reading in 12 and you'll see what i'm talking about it, it, it's this the wind up of things the resurrection everything else keep on brother dave just finish out a little yeah. bit in 12. just a there. quick footnote like for all people who aren't aware of certain things if you're uh, putting the jews in here as the uh, god's people as the children you know all these timelines revelation daniel you see all these charts they're always talking about the jews and israel it's a lie that's over there now if you focused on that, you're not going to get it. Footnote. Right. Amen. That's a good Verse. footnote. But, but, but let me put a caveat to that. Okay. The land, the, the land is what's important. Jerusalem. Amen. Love, that's right. It's God, it's our land, Israel's land forever. And that God yes. is concerned about his, his property, property rights. You know that it's imposters over there because the Bible plainly tells you that in Ezekiel chapter 37, doesn't it, Brother Dave? Yes. It plainly tells you in, in, in Ezekiel 37 that it's Esau that's there now. Yes. And, and they admit it in their own dictionaries, in their own encyclopedias, in their own almanac and everything else. But when, when you hear me putting any kind of glorification on it it'll be on the place not the people that's there okay amen so i just wanted to throw that caveat in god is not through with his property rights but the bunch over there now is the counterfeit just like the one that's coming on is the prince of peace is going to be the counterfeit you got a counterfeit messiah a counterfeit people that's over on god's property and don't you think he'd get somebody messing with his property like that? He's done gave it away and promised it to somebody else forever. Now you've got a bunch of you got a bunch of, of fakes over there now. And why some of my brethren can't get this, I do not understand. 
when God promises in 2 Samuel 17 that he's going to take Israel and put them in a different place other than where they're at when David's sitting on the throne. They can't read. They are blinded. They can't, they, they can read it, but yet they don't see it. They quote it, but yet they don't understand it. And it's plain as day. Plain as day. That's 2 Samuel 17. Okay, back to Daniel chapter 11, okay. brother. Go back to 11, okay. Oh, All that's right. right. Read a little bit more in 12. Go ahead and read a little bit more. Oh. Okay, let me get back. Okay, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, that time you see there, a time of trouble like the world's never seen, never will see again. Then you got the resurrection. That's just a snippet. That's part of the day of the Lord. That's part of Revelation chapter 20. Okay, that has got nothing to do with 1 Corinthians 15. Nothing at all to do with 1 Corinthians 15, 52 through the end of the chapter. Nothing. Because they're different resurrections. Period. Go ahead now, brother, back to chapter 11. Okay. Uh, verse 22. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overthrown from before him and shall be broken. Look up that arms of a flood. Let's see what that is in Hebrew. That's kind of misleading. Okay. Because it ain't talking about no water. Water don't have okay. arms. Mm hmm. Uh, the arms, okay, the arms are H2220, and it is Zeroa, a feminine, um, the arm as stretched out, or of animals, the foreleg, figuratively, force, Arm, help, mighty, power, shoulder, strength. The flood part's what I wanted you to get to, brother. I okay. didn't say that. I should have. Because okay. it ain't got, it's not water. We're speaking figures. The flood, here. okay. Yep. Of a flood, H7858. Uh, just says flood downpour. So we have to figure out what this flood, this this power, this force of a downpour is. What is it? It well, can also be outrageous or overflowing. So it doesn't necessarily, like you say, have to be water. It can be just something no, that's overflowing. We yeah, we that's right because we know that water is sim symbolical of people as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, from Revelation. We know that by biblical definition. There's nobody has to interpret anything. The Bible plainly tells you that in Revelation. All mm -hmm. right. And with the arms of a flood, okay, with the power of a bunch of people, let's say, but for a bunch of people, shall they? That right there tells you it's people. 
they be overflown. They is who this king, this vile person goes after. It's got to do with people. Continue reading. This is that, folks, this is what you see when you lay the book out and you go through the verses and you go to the Hebrew and back to the English and back to the Hebrew and back to the English. This is why it takes so much time to actually study the word of God. Then you got to see what the context is. You got to see what the subject matter is. It's talking about the vile one coming in with power, overflowing the they, whoever they are, which the context is probably going to give us the answer. That's where we'll find the answer. We'll go, but you, this is the way you study the Bible. And this is the reason nobody hardly studies the Bible anymore. They'd rather somebody tell them what it means. This is somebody that spent the blood, sweat, and tears of going back and forth and paying attention to the context and seeing what the Hebrew implies. I said implies. The English is good enough if you just take the context and go with that. But we're going to get to some weird stuff coming up shortly that you can't, I mean, you, you, you have to use your imagination as we'll see. Continue on, Brother Dave. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. Now, Brother Dave mentioned to me that this print, that he thought that the possibility, the prince of this covenant is Michael, because in the very next chapter, it calls Michael the prince that yeah. stands for the people of Israel. That's, and yeah. I'm telling you, it's a possibility. Now I'm really fixing to lower a bombshell on you. And it only came to me after I got through talking to Brother Dave last night. Wonder if this, wonder if the veil has come down and all and this warfare that's taking place that we're fixing to read about is not regular warfare, but warfare like takes place in Daniel chapter 10. Wonder if it's got to do with the divine council and the prince of Persia and the prince of Grecia, like it is in Daniel 10, that are cosmocratikos, the wickedness in heavenly places, in high places like Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. Wonder if the veil has come down and now that's taking place right in front of everybody. You know, the Lord says, and, and Isaiah is going to lift the veil. Yes. I've never looked at this like this before. I've tried to figure it out in natural terms. I've tried to figure it out uh, in um, regular terms, but it came to me after I talked to Brother Dave. This may be referring, it may be referring to both. Yes. I mean, think about it. Think about it. A time period like never has been since creation, nor ever shall be. Think about mm. what has happened from today back to the time of Adam. Think about everything that's happened bad. Think about every war. Think about all the slaughter. Think about all the tsunamis. Think about all the earthquakes. Think about Noah's flood. Think about everything. And you still can't come up with how bad it's going to be and the things that are going to take place. See, it's not just that it's going to be bad, 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 bad. 
but things are going to be different than they ever have been when it takes place. Things are going to be different. Not only is it going to be worse than any time, but things are going to be different. Like it's it, things are going to happen like they've never before happened in history. Do y'all follow me? Yes, absolutely. So keep that in mind as we go across covenant. I wonder what what this prince of the covenant. I wonder who in the world is talking about. Could it be Michael? You reckon there's some kind of truce going on between? This vile person in Michael, because they fight each other in Daniel 10. Michael fights in Daniel 10 with these principalities and powers. Let me show you where what I'm talking about in case somebody comes in here that don't have a snowball's clue what we're talking about. Go to Daniel 10, Brother Dave. You know where Okay. About middle ways down or three quarters of the way down the chapter 10, it'll talk about uh, Daniel's prayers went up and they were hindered 21 days yes. because they were fighting between the Prince of Persia and the Prince of Grecia. Yes. The angel had to okay. fight with the principalities and powers. Go ahead, brother. Okay, uh, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Wow. How many Bible how many Bible teachers out there talk to you about this kind of stuff? You know it's not a man that's withstanding these angels because one angel can kill 185,000 with one swift stroke like he did outside the camp during Hezekiah's time. Remember that, Brother Dave? Absolutely. 185,000 men, one fatal swoop, boom, dead. So it's not talking about a natural person, this Prince of Persia, but it's it's one of the divine council that's over that area of land. There's 72 members over the nations, 72 different nations, 72 different counselors over these nations that are supernatural. You find out that in Psalms 82. Brother Dave, real quick, go to Psalms 82 and read about it. The Lord initially put them over these nations after the fall of Babel and put them under the dominion, the Gentile nations under, under the dominion of these principalities and powers. And he calls them into the congregation and gives them a report on how they've been doing and they have rebelled. Psalms rebelled against God and God's fixing to take them to task. Psalms 82, Brother Dave. Yes. Verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not 
neither will they understand. They shall uh, they walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and shall fall like one of the princes. Arise, O arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Amen. That's what's taking place. God is lashing them with his tongue because they, they haven't fulfilled what they were supposed to do. Everything that he mentions, they didn't, they hadn't been doing it. They have not been doing it. He says, ye are the children of God. In other words, these are sons of God. These are angels. Yes. But he said, guess what, guys? Because of your screw up, you're going to die like men. You may be gods, little G, sons of God, but you're going to die like men because you screw up. Now, I'm just saying, after what you've just heard now, and if you got any questions, start asking them about this. If you need to know more, ask them, ask the questions in the chat room now. Raise your hand, and I'll, and I'll try to answer them for you. But I want you to get an idea of, the, of what I said when I was going to drop a bombshell. I'm wondering if that's what's taking place because the Lord in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 tells you that this time period is like no other time period. We don't have another time period in history where God's angelic host fought in the open against the devil's angelic host along with human beings you follow me brother david yes absolutely that's a that's a, di that's a totally different concept i've never heard it anywhere else before you're hearing it for the first time tonight the possibility of it i'm just putting i'm just adding two plus two and i'm coming up with four every which way i look i can't come up with it always comes up with four and I'm adding everything the Lord said with what I know about Matthew 24, what the Lord, all I know about Isaiah 13 and 14, what I know about Mark 13, and what I know about Luke 21 and Luke 17. I'm adding all the knowledge of this period of time together, and I'm saying there's a possibility that's the reason nobody's got this figured out. It's yeah, it seems, this, go ahead, brother. Oh, it just seems like in verse eight that the day of the Lord is being beckoned here. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. The day of the yep. Lord. At the Absolutely. end, when they start to die like men and their princes are fallen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Remember in Matthew 24, where he says he caved, he's going to cast the angels down? Yes. Mm -hmm. the stars to the earth. down to earth. The stars, that? yes. Mm -hmm. right see, what I, see, I'm taking the combined knowledge for what it's worth, what I have of prophetic history, and putting it together. And then I never have done it before. Like I said, it hit me last night. It hit me last night. Is that what's going on here? Folks, do you realize what's taking place in this world today? 
it would really do make sense to me. Really makes a do, lot of sense. Yes. Do you understand transhumanism? Do you understand genetic manipulation? Do you understand the hybridization of this earth, what's taking place today? If you're behind and don't know about that stuff, you might want to catch up on what's going on today. It's not just Dolly the sheep that's being cloned. If it can be done, you can rest assured it's being done. Yes. Somewhere. Somewhere. And CRISPR technology, people can do it at home. Absolutely. Folks, the fact remains that if it can if it can be done, it gets done somewhere by somebody. Nobody obeys. I mean, we live in a lawless society. Iniquity, it says in Thessalonians, shall increase. The Lord said it in Matthew 24. You know what the word iniquity means? Lawlessness. Is it talking about disobedience to the Ten Commandments? No, no, that's way gone with relativism. It's the laws of nature. It's God's laws of kind after kind. It's God's laws of species after species. It's being violated. Now, was there ever a time in history this took place? Yes, there was in the antediluvian period. Is it making sense now to you, David? You see what absolutely. I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it'll even maybe be this, worse. Absolutely. And maybe this covenant was a respite time. Don't know. Let's go ahead. Let's go a little bit further and see what else we can learn here. In, in, in Daniel 11. Yeah. Daniel okay. 11. Okay. Verse 23. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully. For he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. Okay. I want you to go to the Hebrew and see what in the world a small people is. Okay. So I don't, you think it's Guatemalans he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Small people. H4592. Uh, outline of biblical usage, littleness, few, a little, fewness, little, small, littleness, fewness, too little, yet a little, <laughs> lots of littles there. Okay, yeah. Strong's it's, definition. It's yeah. A little or few, often adverbial or comparative, almost, in brackets, some, very, few. Fewer, fewest, little, little, lightly little, uh, small, pretty much small or few. You know what? I'm, I'm telling you right now that it means exactly what it says. A little bitty people. How could you become strong with little people? It says here in verse 23, he shall, but they shall become strong with a little people, with a small people. Does anybody know anything about 
what everybody laughs at a lot, but more and more the world's leaning towards a small people that's supposed to have all knowledge. Do, 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 <laughs> aliens. And just start playing the music. Yeah. It's about three foot tall with slant eyes and a big head. You say, Brother Don, you've lost it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. All I know is these small people bring strength to this vile one. I also leave the door open for the possibility of these being Edomite Jews and their powers of sorcery and with all these devils and fallen angels and the wealth of the world and all this that they've been doing for thousands of years. And here's their man, the Antichrist. Come to meet them. I, I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm not saying that's the thing for sure. I'm just. As we get further, as we get further in here, hey, Adam's destroyed. And mm -hmm. Okor and Okadai, the, the Lord takes them out in pretty quick like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There ain't nobody left of Esau. Yes. Yes. See what I'm saying? I have to stick with their little people. Okay. I, I have to stick with their small stature. All right. And I have to okay. they get tight. This guy, this vile one, gets power from a small, a little people. Okay. And keep that in mind as we go. See, well, I'm not just going to stop right here and say, now that's got to be what it is. Let's go ahead and get on into the context and see what else goes on. And then okay. as you put it all together, see if it seems to make a little more sense to you. Remember, I said the bombshell, the veil's down, and the Prince of Persia. And Michael are fighting out in the open alone with hybridized human beings. Don't y'all remember in the book of Revelation where it says men shall seek to die and will not be able to die? Yes. I mean, if I went to all the verses that I base what I'm telling y'all on, telling y'all now, we'd be here all night long. And I'm talking about everything that I'm telling y'all now is every bit in context with the day of the Lord. Every single thing is in the yes. same context. There's nothing pulled out of context by itself. It's all in the context of the day of the Lord. Who are these that fly through the air, it says in Isaiah. Context, day of the Lord. Just telling you that you've, you've got, let the Holy Spirit speak to you through the scriptures. Verse 24, brother. Let's see what's okay. going on. He shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the province. And he shall do oh. that which is. He shall enter peaceably. This is the one that enters by peace. Paul warns you, when they shall say, peace, peace, what happens, Brother Dave? Then shall the end come. No, sudden destruction cometh sudden upon destruction. you yeah. as with yeah. a woman with child. Right. When they say, peace, peace, this guy comes in peaceably. This guy is well loved. The world loves this guy. They don't hate him. That takes one person off the list, okay? 
The world loves this person. This guy offers peace like he like never been offered before. He comes, he makes everybody, he through his strength he gets from these small people, whatever kind of strength it is, he's able to forge a peace. He breaks this covenant he's had with the prince. He gets strong with these little people. And he's able to come in peaceably. And everybody buys into what he's selling. And everybody loves him. He gets he makes the Democrats like the Republicans and the Christians, quote unquote, and I say that loosely, and I say that the deceived people that claim to be Christians love the Muslims and the Muslims love the Christians and the Catholics love the Protestants and the Protestants get along with the Catholics and it's just peace, peace, peace and then sudden destruction with the power he gets from the little people. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Okay. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province and he shall do that which his fathers have not done nor his father's fathers he shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against oh. the strongholds. Okay, before we go and you find out what these devices and strongholds are, let's go back up here a little bit. It says he did, he's gonna do, he's gonna do something that his fathers have never done. Folks, this is an Israelite. This is a part Israelite. He's got Israelite blood because later on it's going to tell you he worships a God that his fathers knew not. Big G God. Not the God of our fathers. Not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This guy's an Israelite. There's Hey, he couldn't be a father if he wasn't of the same blood. He's probably from the tribe of Dan. You say, how could you say that? Because in the book of Revelation, when it mentions the tribes, Dan's not there. Dan is omitted during this time period of the day of the Lord and the time of Jacob's trouble. Dan is nowhere to be found in the list, in the genealogy. Do you think that's just by chance? This guy is a half Danite and something else. If you just want to stay out of woo-woo land, you could call, as we get further, you can probably say it was a Danite queer. Because you do know that from, uh, well, it was Benjamin tribe where all the queers were at. But he's something's got something. He's either a faggot or a transvestite or something, as we'll find out as we get further, because he has no desire for women. I'm getting ahead of myself now. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Okay. His devices against the strongholds, even for a time. Did you want to look up the word devices? Yes. Look up those. Look up the um, the um, devices. devices. 
exactly what we can come up with here. Okay. Keep it's, in mind, uh, folks, the context we're reading, the story we're reading. Keep the subject matter in, in, in focus in your brain, okay? This is a guy that's come in after the guy got that died somewhere or another, and he's a vile person. He is exactly the person that he's called the idle shepherd in Zechariah. He's called the son of perdition in Thessalonians. He's called the son of perdition in the book of Revelation. He's called Apollyon in the book of Revelation. And you can trace him back all the way to Nimrod. If I did that, we'd be here all night long. He's called by many, he's the man of many names. The 72 nations that split off, their language was changed. They called him different names. He was, a, he was Osiris in one place and he was, he was Apollo in another. He was this in another, that in another. But it all boils back to Nimrod, the first one that rebelled against God. The first one that be, something happened to him and he began, in the Hebrew it says, he began to be a Geborim. And we know that the majority of the time the word Geborim in the Hebrew is used, it's talking about gigantic giants or Nephilim. See, if you study, you'd know this. Um, do you think it's, Go ahead. Do you think it's also possible that he could be that cedar that was in the garden of God? And, you know, cedars or trees often indicate they're men, people. That was the envy of all the other trees in the garden of God. Do you think what it could even did? go back that far? Brother, there's a strong possibility that that's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a strong possibility that that's true. But either way, it, in any way you slice the pie, mm. he's Lucifer. Yes. Either way you slice the cake, it's Lucifer. Right. It's Ezekiel right. 28. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. in the garden of God. Therefore, yes. maybe what Peter in the garden of God. See what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yes, staying yes. in the context, staying in the context, you got to know the book, folks. You got to study the book. Okay. Both of them were in the Garden of God, so it's possible it was same. Same context. So let's see what devices are in the Hebrew. Okay. Garden. The outline of biblical usage says thought, a device, a thought. Device, plan, purpose, invention. And when you go down to Strong's, the definition. Did you not say invent? Did you not say invention? Yes, I did. That's I an outline of biblical mind. use. And yes, mind. indeed. Go because ahead. I seen three words here that really poked out at me. Okay, so it's from H2803. And first is a contrivance, you know, an invention. I yeah, something, something you yeah. can try. A texture, machine, or abstractly intention, plan, whether bad, a plot, or good, advice, cunning work. Did I, did I hear you say tincture? Uh, no. I said cunning work, 
good advice, good, you know, a plot or good or advice. You also said tincture, brother. Cunning work, curious work, device, uh, devised, imagination, invented, means, purpose, thought. Uh, there is a texture, but not a tink tincture. Oh, okay, okay. A texture. Okay, okay, okay so okay. the three words that really poked out to me were a machine, cunning work, and invented. Yep, that's what sticks out at me without having to look at the Hebrew. That's what yep. I thought all along. You said, well, Spears, you're going to go the extreme route every time. No, I don't every time. I'm just saying, what, what's the context? The context is a period of time like never been known in history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The context is a period of time where the Lord says if he don't cut the time short, there'd be no flesh left alive. The context says that everybody will be deceived on the face of this earth except for the elect. But for the elect's sake, he's going to cut the time short. See, I'm thinking in context of the whole thing, folks, when I'm teaching you and talking. I'm teaching you from all the knowledge that's compiled from all the verses in the Bible all the context in the Bible that deal with the day of the Lord. That's where I'm coming from. And yes, it sticks out as device. It sticks out as something that could be made. Absolutely. What are like we? A, what is the big deal today? Technology. Mm -hmm. That's practically the God to everybody's technology. Does not everybody run around with their nose glued to some kind of something in their hand? Even in the jungles? Am I right or wrong? Oh, you're right. Of course I'm right. Yeah, I, I see these, these people from Sudan, Eritrea, Somalia, they can barely walk straight. They're dumber as a load of bricks, and they're all walking around with these latest cell phones. And that's, they got like 60, 70 IQs. Right. If they can do it, anybody can. And, 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 and when it says an invention, you see why I come to the conclusion now that it's technology based. This strong device is prob probably 85% a technology of some kind. Yes. Verse 25. Okay. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Now here is the forecasting devices. Look it up, Brother Dave. Okay. Forecast. This is forecasting devices. This king yep. of the south, whoever it is, I would assume it was somebody from the, um, the edge of the firmament. If we can go by our north, south, east, and west that we know now, 
that we use today, if we can use the quote unquote Antarctica South, say Antarctica's in the South, we go by the way we look at stuff today, then I say it's somebody from under the earth. How do I do? Why do I do that? Because I've got precedent for it in Isaiah 13, where God calls on his mighty ones to come and fight for him, and the mighty ones are giants. The first few verses of Isaiah 13, and the context is, guess what? The day of the Lord. See, everything put together. Well, we find out about this uh, forecasting devices. Okay. Uh, Strong's definition, uh, primitive root, properly to plate or interpenetrate, i.e. literally to weave or generally to fabricate, figuratively to plot or contrive, usually in a malicious sense, in the uh, close bracket. Hence, from the mental effort to think, regard, value, compute, account, Compute. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Compute. So, yeah. Folks, do y'all see what? Do you see why I'm laughing? Because all this stuff is different than anybody thinks. And I say anybody, not everybody. There's some out there that are plugged in. None of the old timers, except for a few. You've got to think about the only listen, let me tell you, let me give you another extreme. Okay. I'll give you I'll give you another extreme to give you a way to go against what Brother Don's suggesting. An impulse that affects the whole plateau of the earth. Stronger than it's ever been. A strong impulse that's never been like it ever before. And it knocks out every kind of technology there is. And it goes back to horse and buggy. And it goes back to horses and swords and shields and what little ammunition is called. And now I gave you an out, okay? Non-conventional warfare. Yeah, I could add right here that when I was reading this, considering it and, and thinking about it, I, I, you know, I can see this being artificial intelligence running electromagnetic wave weapon that comes against his strongholds or his, you know, armaments and knocks them out. Yes. And now he, his army's useless. He can't come against him or partially yep. useless. I thought the same, exactly the same thing, brother. That is definitely a possibility. You say mm -hmm. all this sounds like science fiction. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? In 1950, if you had told me that you could get on a computer and do what you do a computer, it was science fiction then as well. But it's not now, is it? Folks, you've got to use them brain, them, 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 let the synopsis in your brain fire, okay? 
You know, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. There was a program that had a hologram in it. You could ask this, you could just talk to this hologram, this hologram would give you answers. It was a science fiction program. Guess what you can do today on on a Google phone? On on, on Google. Yeah, yeah. Alexa. You can just Alexa or Google. You just ask this yeah. question to give you an answer. Mm. I saw this back in the nineties. Science fiction. Everybody's running around doing it today. See what I'm saying? You follow yes. me, David? You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, this is not crazy stuff, folks. This is not crazy at all. I'll tell you what's crazy. You want to know what's crazy? Somebody being put in a grave and, and coming out of it after three days and rising from the dead. You believe that? You better believe it. Amen. That's why the world thinks Christianity is nuts. You better believe it. Now, which is more uh, feasible? Somebody raising from the dead after three days or what I just got through telling you? You see my reasoning? Perfectly logical. Perfectly logical. And all these weapons we've mentioned exist. Yes. Yes. They, 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 when you guys watch those DVDs, you're going to see the proof of the existence of some of it. Yeah, it's going to blow your mind. Okay. Um, I, t- I told y'all, mentioned it the other night, mentioned it again tonight. Man, if somebody wants to decide today, well, let me see what he's talking about. Look up breakaway civilization because that's exactly what's going on today as we speak and has been going on for quite a while folks there's a group there's a group out there that only wants 500,000 people alive on this earth yes and the ones that want that are part of the breakaway civilization Science fiction, huh? The little people, huh? The little, you reckon it's gray? They're gray? Those little people to give this power to this king, to this vile person? You know what vile, do I have to go to uh, concordance to tell you what vile means? I shouldn't have to, because it means exactly what it says. Wicked, detestable, absolutely total deceiver. Ever which everything bad you can think of, unnatural, against nature, against God. He does got through telling you he does things that his father wanted. Wouldn't his father didn't even know nothing about? He does things against his father.
Let me show you, let me give you a picture of this person, this vile one. Go to Zechariah chapter 13, brother. And read about the idle shepherd, I-D-O-L. Let's get a description of what this guy does, what he looks like. And while Brother David's go finding that, it'll say I-D-O-L, I was shepherd, and I think it's in Zechariah 13, 12 or 13. But while he's going there and finding that, in the book of Revelation, just by memory, I'll tell you, this great person that the whole world loves, that brings in peace and solves all the problems and brings in prosperity for a short time, he gets killed. And he raises from the dead. He gets a wound unto death. And he rises up and all the world wonders after him. In other words, it's a counterfeit uh, resurrection like the Lord, a counterfeit action like the Lord was in the grave three days and three nights and he came out for our salvation. This guy is killed, gets a deadly wound. Let's find out where the deadly wound's at. Brother Dave will tell you in just a minute where it's at exactly where the wound's at. Probably a good sniper shot. Probably. Could be something else. That's just my guess since we, we were talking about firearms before the program started. But in Revelation chapter 13, it said this guy gets a mortal wound. And then all of a sudden he comes back to life and the whole world wonders after the beast. You found it, brother? Uh, no, uh, the word idol isn't with shepherd. It's probably something very similar. Um, let me see here. That's what he's called, idol shepherd. Spell idol difference if they've changed it. I-D-L-E. But I don't think yeah, that, it is. That's what I looked up, I-D-L-E. Is I-D-O-L. I-D-O, like as an idol? Oh. Yeah, yes, that's what he's called, the idol shepherd. Like oh, I thought you meant idol. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I know it's there. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Idol. Okay, yeah, it's Zechariah eleven seventeen. I was looking up idol, as in, you know, doing <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Okay, uh, Zechariah eleven seventeen. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm Where? shall be. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, slow down. Yep. He's going to be wounded. Where? The sword's going to be where? Upon his arm and upon his right eye. So that's where he gets wounded at. His arm shall be clean dried up. And his right Move eye shall be utterly darkened. That's absolutely correct. So we know, us Bible believers know exactly where his wounds are going to be if you believe the word of God. Keep on reading. Find out a little bit more about this idle shepherd. Okay, that was the end of the chapter. Does he continue in chapter 12? No, no that's okay. That's good enough. That's, okay. That was good enough because I got across what I wanted to get across. Now you know where his wound's going to be. You're going to know he's going to have a right, his arm's going to be all messed up because of the wound he gets in the head, as the black man says, in the head. 
probably from a good sniper shot. Probably. That's just a good guess. It's gonna paralyze that right arm. He's gonna raise up. He's gonna he gets a deadly head wound. The head wound is where the eye is. It says head wound in Revelation. Go to Revelation 13, Brother Dave. Okay. That's just I show you why I'm, I'm not making it up. Okay. Go down there to where he gets a deadly head wound. Okay. I think it's Rev um thirteen three. Okay, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. There you go. So it is a head wound and the eyes yes. on the head, so it's the same man. The same man. That league is going to deceive everybody. And even deceive the sheep. And if the Lord didn't shorten the days, the elect wouldn't even get out of it. Because the deception's so great. And you don't think you ought to know this book. You better hope to God we're not around when that takes place. Back to chapter 11, brother. Let's go a little further with it. Okay. Check out a little bit more about this vile person. Verse 26. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meal shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. Uh, maybe I should go back one verse again and read it. Yeah, and it, yeah. and he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, go, go to Isaiah 13 real quick and read the first three verses in Isaiah 13. Context is exactly the same, folks. Read okay, about I, these, not the army of God. Remember Joel 3, that mighty army that can walk up walls, walk up the side of walls, and they can, they, they're shot, they can be stuck with a sword and not hurt, and they walk in the line one after another, and they don't break their ranks. See, all the context is put together to teach you this. The context from all the subject matter of the day of the Lord in the all the Bible to bring this to your mind. The context of this one this period of time. And it all fits together and you get a little bit out of one chat, you get a little bit out of one part of the Bible, a little bit out of one chapter, another, as long as it's the same context. Because a, a, a text without a context, folks, is a pretext. All you'll do if you start taking verses out of context is come up with heresy. It's got to be it, everything that I've taught, ta taught y'all and am teaching you now is in the same context, and that is the day of the Lord. Chapter 13, Isaiah, first few verses, okay. Brother Dave. The burden of... 
the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain. Exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of, <coughs> of nations gathered together. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> That's okay, brother. Get you a drink of water if you need to. Okay. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. <clears throat> they come, <clears throat> they come from a far country, from the end of heaven. Even, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> this is crazy. I'm going to get a drink here. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. What he's telling y'all, they come from the end of heaven. He's not talking about they come to the end of the heaven where God is. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is a literal, physical, visible kingdom. The heaven encompasses the part of the earth. And it says they come from the end of heaven. They come from yes. the end of where the firmament, to, to, to put it to you, and technically they come from the end of where the firmament hits the earth. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. That's exactly who it is. And they sound like a pretty mighty army, doesn't it? Yes. They're, they're, I'll read that uh, verse five again. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and, and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Yep. Yep, the Lord uses these ones. Look up mighty ones there in your concordance. Tell them what it says. It's tell them about it being Gaborim. Yeah, and um, sanctified ones doesn't necessarily mean they're holy. They're set apart. Oh, Lord, no, all, <laughs> all the word sanctified means is set apart, yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. All so all you folks out there that say, oh, he's sanctified, he's sanctified. All sanctified means is set apart, period. End of story. Okay? Sorry to bust your bubble. Anyway, so one, mighty, go ahead. Yes. Mighty one is Gibor. It's right. uh, Gibor. Intense is from the same as powerful by implication, warrior, tyrant, champion, chief, excel, giant, man, mighty. Giant. Giants. Mm -hmm. He's calling his giants back to do. Now do you see? I said the veil comes down, and the wars is not only conventional warfare taking place, but supernatural warfare right along with it. That's why I came to that conclusion last night after putting it all together in my mind. That's what I came up with. Yes. Back to Daniel chapter eleven, verse twenty-six. Okay. Verse 26. Yea, they had they that feed of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. 
You reckon that portion of his meat? You reckon that portion of his meat spirit cooking? Wow, never thought of that, but yeah, a vile guy. Oh yeah, and he has the craft. In yep. one verse, it says he may, you know uh, uses craft. Yep. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue reading, brother. Wow, yeah. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. So all this is appointed, hallelujah. everything, Everything that we're reading, folks, there's nothing can happen until the appointed time, till God's appointed time. No matter how much the wicked one wants to hurry it up, push it. I know a lot of a lot of even Christians <coughs> earlier in Daniel it's that this guy wears out the saints. You think that the evil one wants this stuff to happen real quick? He wants to make a liar out of God. He won't he'll he'll try to put it out as long as he can. Because he knows the book is true. For eons and eons, he was over the throne of God. He knows God's book book cannot be broken. So just think like that, and think what that's and think like the Bible says, and and quit trying to think like you think in a natural way. Think spiritually. You spiritual understanding. You say, well, there's no common sense involved. In it. There's all kind of places you've used common sense. The book of Proverbs is all about common sense. But we're talking about prophecy now, and we're talking about in the last days, men shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. It tells you that in the very next chapter. Yes. Knowledge, knowledge of what? technology just what i curse all the time starts out innocent starts out as a a a usable luxury and winds up addicting you to it and wind up you wind up where you can't get along without it and the world plans out everything through planned obsolescence look up the word in case you don't have a clue what i'm talking about because I ain't got time to take, go run down that rabbit trail. The world uses planned obsolescence to make you have to have it. Or either you've got to make up your mind you're going to go against the world and you don't need it. And you'll take what comes. That's where really suffering for the Lord will come in. When those choices have to be made. And they're being made right now. Though the consequences are not evident necessarily. I mean, my God, they are in a way. Look at your youth. Look at society. Look at everything going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, yeah, the con- some of the consequences are being seen today in the character of men. If you can Absolutely. find a man. You can see the consequences, but you see they're, they're, it starts out small. And eventually the consequences is going to be your soul. 
and it's going to be the soul of those that buy into it because they started out small and just like the old analogy that's been worn out so you can see through it cooking a frog in the water a little bit at a time till the water's boiling and the frog's dead and he never jumps out don't you think the one that was wise daniel that over the throne of god has got more sense than you or i and knows how to plan against plan things that are so deceiving without the inspiration of the holy ghost and the spirit of god teaching us and warning us we would have no clue what was coming don't you understand that or you think you're smarter than god Daniel couldn't be. Daniel was the wisest man. The Lord raved about Daniel, wisdom. But Daniel screwed up. He let a man bow down and worship him. As holy as Daniel was, he couldn't resist letting Nebuchadnezzar fall down and worship him. He took God. He took God's what worship should have went to his father in heaven. And he worshiped a man. David didn't meet the bill. He messed up with Bathsheba and counted Israel, even though the angel of the Lord was sitting there with a sword drawn. And his people paid for it. He went against the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. Lot, righteous Lot, couldn't make it. He winds up drunk in a tent with sexual acts going on with incest in his own family. Abraham couldn't make it. He goes against the Lord, goes down into Egypt, takes the Egyptian wife. Lot couldn't make it. He winds up drunk in a cave, having sex with his daughters, and, and, and put two bastardized nations out, Ammon and Moab. You want me to go on down the list? The Apostle Paul couldn't make it. He goes against the Holy Ghost. Three different warnings. He goes on to Jerusalem anyway instead of going to Rome. Peter's cussing and moaning and groaning at the fire and runs away like a little baby after saying he'd stand up for the Lord and die with him. He couldn't make the cut. And you can go on and on and on. James and John couldn't make it. There's arguing with pride, puffed up chest, who was supposed to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. You want me to keep on? The only person that made it and knocked the ball out of the park was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sinless Son of God was the only one that cut the mustard, was the one that was smarter than the principalities and powers. Hoodwinked them. The Bible says if the if the the archons or the or the rulers of this world had known, and it's talking about the cosmocraticos, it's talking about the spiritual wickedness, had known that the Lord would rise from the dead that had never killed him. So the Lord was wiser than Satan. He knocked the ball out of the park. 
He lived a sinless life. He made it possible for you and I in our slummified condition today could go to heaven and be with him and be his bride and be his elect. Thank God for his precious blood. Give him all the honor and the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So don't you go throwing off and bad mouthing and try and snickering when this stuff, supernatural stuff, is starting to get laid out in front of you because the biggest supernatural thing that ever happened in this world is the reason that you are a member of the body of Christ and you are part of his bride. And you have to read this book this way. It's spiritually understood. It's not naturally understood. It's foolishness to them that try to read it naturally. It has to be read spiritually and allow the Spirit of God to teach you by using the words of this book in the context where they appear, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. So I think twice before I started hollering science fiction, and I'm through ranting and raving, Brother Dave, verse 28. <laughs> okay. Verse 28, then shall he return into his land with great riches and his heart shall be against the holy covenant and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. Okay, the holy covenant. <coughs> I would say that that would be uh, the holy covenant that the, uh, I say that would be the covenant of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. I'd say that'd be the new covenant. Or is it the covenant of the angel makes when he flies through heaven preaching a gospel, a different gospel? Oh, I forgot about that, didn't you? You forgot about that, didn't you? The angel that flies through heaven preaching the new gospel preaching what's called the everlasting gospel. When does that take place? During this period of time right here. During the day of the Lord. Paul said if a man or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel, let him be accursed. Well, that angel's preaching another gospel in the book of Revelation. He sure ain't preaching the gospel of the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 5. Because it's a different time period. Things have changed. And there's a different time period going on during this time of Jacob's trouble. That's why. So this vile person, it comes against the holy covenant, whichever covenant it is. If it's our covenant, we'll get to see this take place. If it's the different covenant, We'll be gone. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Okay, verse 29. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Chittim shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return and had indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. Wow. 
Who are they? I wonder who they are. There's another place we're going to run into today. I tell you what, we, we've probably been going over an hour and a half, haven't we? Uh, it's nine o'clock, uh, eight o'clock your time. It's not too bad. Yeah. We're just going to go a little bit further because where there is no way under the sun we're going to finish this chapter tonight. Mm -hmm. So he comes against the Holy Covenant. I mean, they, the, these other people are against the Holy Covenant. Who are the, this they? Could be anybody. Reckon it's the little, little people? Reckon it's them. Have you forgotten them already? That gave the power to this guy? To be able to do what he did? Don't know. Reckon it's part of this army, this mighty, great, mighty, mighty army that this king of the south got? Don't know. What do you think? What kind of exploits is this he's doing? Reckon he's, um, remember in Thessalonians where it says, that they'll try to deceive by using signs and signs and wonders, fake signs yes. and miracles. Remember the revelations where they call down fire from heaven and all stuff. Reckon that's mm -hmm. what these exploits are. Don't know. Good possibility. Continue reading, brother Day. And arms shall stand on his part. And they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So and they, and they, here's that they again, the third mm. person plural. Who are they? I thought it was a he. What happened to the vile man? No, it says they. Who are they? What is this sanctuary of strength? You do know that the uh, daily sacrifice, there's no such thing in any, in any text in the world. That sacrifice, that word's in no text in the world. It's inserted on assumption. Yes. Just thought I'd bring that point out to you. Y'all think I was going to go skip on by that? No, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's no. It's in no text in the world. They just assume that it's talking about the sacrifice in the temple, the daily sacrifice of the temple. That's what they're saying. I can't actually see. where they get this at other than going to Revelation, I forget what chapter it's at, there's only one mention of a temple, an earthly temple in the book of Revelation. And it says the outer courts are for the Gentiles. And I'd have to go back and get the context to be able to teach that on what it actually is. They're all talking about a third temple, them fake Israelites over there. 
them Edomites. They're all talking about a third temple. Could it possibly be a third temple? Then they, God don't care if they build 1,500 temples because there's only one that matters, and that's the one in heaven. Maybe they might build one. Maybe they, hey, they're faking out whoever, they're faking who they are. Maybe they fake out the whole thing. Maybe they carry mm -hmm. it to the umpteenth degree and build it just like how many so-called Judeo-Christians will be deceived in. If they do carry it to the umpteenth degree and do build a temple, think about that. I mean, we done made Jerusalem the capital again. Like I said, folks, don't get me wrong. It's the land. It ain't the people. The people over there are not who they say they are. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, and in their own words, in all their works, I rest my case. If you don't believe it, you come in here out of a Baptist church, independent Baptist church, and you hear this kind of talk and think I'm a heretic, I challenge you to go look. If you can find me anywhere where they claim to be Israelites and Hebrews, I will shut my mouth and say I'm a, I'll, I'll quit preaching, okay? I'll say I'm just, a, I've done nothing but lie, which I hadn't, and I'm saying that I'm using hyperbole. All right, I'm being using a lot of hyperbole right now because it aggravates me to death that I used to believe that bunk without checking it out. And I, 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 if I love you, my brother, if you are independent Baptist and you have come from that, if you from that clique, I love you, my brother, and I'm begging you to check out the evidence. And no matter how hard it is to bite the bullet, and trust me, I had to bite it. Bite the bullet and go with the truth. God will bless you for it. And start opening up the word of God to you in ways that you have no idea. Guarantee it. He did for me. And he'll do the same for you. Because that's one of the biggest lies that's being told today on this plane we live on. They don't even claim to be Israel. And yet that's what that's what all some of the best teachers we've got that we can get access to still believe that them Jews are Israelites. They still believe it. How God still bless them, I don't know, but he is. I guess because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God where they believe that and are just wrong as rain. We probably got something we've got screwed up and he's still blessing us. So I guess what's fair for the goose is fair for the gander. Finish this first, brother. We're going to stop here for tonight. Okay. Uh, verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. We're around, that's us. If you believe the book, if you actually are the elect of God, that's us. That's us. 
may be going on right now. Part of this may be going on right now. But like I said, when it comes to that war and that fighting stuff, what I dropped on you tonight, I, I, I suggest you pray about it in the context of everywhere in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, where the context is the day of the Lord and the factuality of the divine council and the factuality of the principalities and powers interwoven into the doctrine of what I'm teaching now is absolute truth. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing crooked sideways about it because it's purely contextual and purely out of the word of God. Not one word changed. So take it to the Lord in prayer and you do need, if you hey if you ain't doing no exploits now you sure ain't gonna do no exploits then you'd be too busy worried about your skin your very your your meal oh, don't forget six 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 don't forget that see that plays into it as well you may be worried about where you get your next meal that is if we're around for that Give it some thought and prayer. We're going to get, as we go down further in here, um, Friday night, we'll pick up part two with this, and we'll get into the, some really wild stuff. You think science fiction so far, you ain't heard nothing yet. Because that's what it says. And you just you take the book for what it says, okay? And remember, it's in the context of the whole episode, the whole period of time called the Day of the Lord. That's the context. So go running it. Go to Joel 2 and 3. Go to Isaiah 13 and 14. Okay? Go to the other, go to Daniel chapter 7. Go to Daniel chapter, part of Daniel chapter 10. Go to Daniel chapter 12. Go to the part of Micah, the last part of Micah, and some of the minor prophets, certain parts of it. In the book of Amos, all context, day of the Lord context. Look for that phrase, the day of the Lord, or in that day. When you see that phrase, in that day, or the day of the Lord, Look at the paragraph. Look at the context of what's going on. And remember, it's in this context we're reading now and going into chapter 12. That's it. That's the context of it. That's the context of Matthew 24. It's the context in Mark 13. It's the context in Luke 17 and 21. It's the context the whole book of Revelation. It's the context of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's the context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's the context of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let me go on. It's the context of Malachi chapter 4. It's, it's all over the world. It, it's the greatest day 
and in the history of God Almighty's plan, you know why? That why it's so many places in the Word of God is the most important subject outside. For us, it's salvation. That's our most important time. But God's time, on God's timetable, his most important day in his holy word is this time period you were talking about. You want to know why? It's when his son comes back and takes what's rightfully his by force and sits on the throne that's rightfully his and rules and reigns with his bride. That's what's most important to the father. For you and I, it's when we got saved, praise God, hallelujah. Eternal life, new body, I have not seen all that good stuff. But for God, this is the most important subject in the word of God, is when his son, the wicked man took and crucified and spat on and cursed and have made fun of for over 2,000 years now and have desecrated his name and continue to do so on a daily basis and on a more widespread basis as the days pass. God can't wait for this day. This, this is his important day. Amen. It's the day, it's the day his son gets what he is. And I want my Lord and my Savior, whom I love, to have his day. And when he mops up this bunch of wicked mess, he's going to mop it up and they ain't going to have to worry about it no more. And thank God we're going to have a hand in it. Amen. Brother Dave, if you would. Oh, amen. Dismiss us in a word of prayer, brother. Yeah. Just one slight little comment. It's just about the Antichrist. You know, like all these people that do these plays or movies and stuff, and they always depict him. <laughs> As some suave debonair guy, you know, so intelligent, yeah. good looking, all this. <laughs> but it's act actually the total opposite because being vile means he's morally despicably or abhorrent and also physically repulsive, foul, disgustingly or utterly bad, obnoxious, contemptible. And yeah, so, it, may, it, may, it may be that's the reason he don't have no desire for women because he can't get one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I say that in jest. I'm well, just I, no, he's foul. He's physically repulsive. And I mean, his eyes uh -huh. out and his arm all shriveled up. I mean, yeah. But the he's whole not, world's going to love him. You reckon the world gets so degenerate that they fall in, instead of loving what's beautiful and kind and lovely, they turn yep. to loving what's wicked, despicable. Oh. They, they, yeah. they split. Remember, Isaiah said, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. Yeah, exactly where people go. Like they say, oh, I'd never do that. You know, all I do is watch Good Morning America and a little bit of news here and there. And we've seen that 11 year old boy that dressed up like a transvestite doing these uh, moral uh, dances yeah, right on national television. And people watch it like, oh, well, how far have we gone? Yeah, I could see people uh, venerating this foul, obnoxious person. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. 
It's going to happen. It's happening now. They're calling evil good and good evil. Yes. Am I right or wrong? Are they calling good evil and evil good today? Yes, they are. Oh, yes. So, hey, maybe you got a good point there, brother. It may be worth, you know, in spirit cooking and when they eat, you know what, folks, do you know what they eat? I'm not going to go into it on the air, but you can think of the most disgusting things that come from a human body. Not counting the, the flesh and blood, heat, and the bones. I'm talking about excrement. I'm, ta I'm talking about every vile thing you can think of. Yes. In the most ungodliest ways. And they think it's good. So, hey, maybe the brother Dave's got a point there. Anyway, dismiss us in a word of prayer, brother. Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you thanks for this word tonight. I pray, Lord, that you motivate us to, to love your word more, to study it, to show ourselves approved of God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, Lord. I pray yes, that Father. we'd be able to rightly divide and gather throughout the chapters of the Bible, the evidence that is so clearly laid out that it's a, an end time spiritual warfare that's evident and can be seen. It, it turns physical, just like angels can have physical bodies and we see them. Yes. Father, I pray that this knowledge wouldn't, and I don't see why it should disturb people, but I imagine it would some weak or tender-hearted soul might get all upset by this, Lord. But, hey, we have the peace of God that reigns and rules in the hearts and mind. Lord, we have that peace and we have the joy of the Lord in the midst of whatever happens. The Lord Jesus Christ can bring us through with peace and even with joy, even if we're being persecuted, even if we're being martyred. We can have joy. I'm not saying it'll all be joy, but we can have that peace throughout and the provision of the Lord along the way. And I pray, Lord, that as people study the word, that they'd be able to place those scriptures that they already know about the peace of God and the joy of God and the love of God alongside these verses to see how important that really is when the yes, whole Lord. world going insane and dying and calling good even evil good that they could be one of the last souls with with wisdom with understanding with a relationship with god that sees and understand clearly what's going on and not be tormented by these devils but being able to convey the word of god in truth to those around them yes Lord. i pray for this for myself for pastor don for kevin Peter, for Sergio, for all those listening tonight and who will download, I pray this for them. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen, man. Amen. The contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal and you can enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you'll see Don Spears Ministries come up 
and you can make an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ through this ministry. And you can mail cards, letters, offerings, requests for teaching, questions to 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Don Spears Ministry Sermon Times, Friday and Sunday night are on talk show and will be downloaded to youtube although the last two there were technical difficulties i hope it's been resolved and so they should be on youtube as well the time is six central seven eastern you can reach us live at talkshoe by entering www.talkshoe.com forward slash studio forward slash four nine seven one three four five Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night, everyone, and may God's grace go with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night. Good night, brother. It's wrapping, it's wrapping around here. I, I think it's still recording. I think it is, too. Yeah, it's this live streaming online meeting and it hasn't says it's been paused yet. So I'll try it again. Yeah, it's not working. Well, I guess we're just going to have to all get off for it to stop then, like we yes. did last. Good night, everyone, and we'll be back Friday night with with Daniel Levin Part Two. Okay, I love you guys, and I uh, hope y'all y'all enjoy the uh, the videos, brother Dave. I'll send you the information as soon as I get off there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Good night. All right. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Good night, all. Good night, brother. Good night, brother Sergio and Debbie. Good night, RE, whoever you were, R.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.